You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis. Today's show is brought to you by the Locked On app. I'll be on there on Saturday. Late in the Indians game or right after talking about the game, check me out on there. As for my bona fides, as it were, uh, before I was the host of Lockdown Indians, almost 500 episodes in, uh, I was a the lead MLB drafts and prospect analyst for Scout and 24-7. Before that, I was on a multitude of Cleveland sports blogs. And if you read anything about the MLB draft uh, on a Cleveland sports blog in the last 10 years, you're probably familiar with my work. I have finished my informal top 10. Uh, I'm going to start posting that over on my blog, which is mlbdraft.blogspot, mlbdraftnow.blogspot.com. I'm just going to start putting the profiles. I'm writing profiles as I watch, guys, and kind of reordering them as I get a chance to fully scout in. So I have a series of profiles. You can go check it out. A month ago, I put Henry Davis number one overall. I talked about that a lot on Twitter. Now seeing the rest of the industry start to shift that way, so I'll be curious to see how that goes uh, fully. But uh, yeah, that's kind of what you get. I sometimes can be very ahead of the curve, and then sometimes I'll throw something out there that is completely different than everyone else. (laughs) Sometimes I'm right, sometimes I'm wrong, but it can be a lot of fun. So let's start with the elephant in the room. I am recording uh, in the sixth inning. If you were not watching this game or if you missed it, uh, they have, they put up on the screen, for instance, that, uh, it's like 18 and two thirds innings. I guess now there's two outs in this inning. So now it's 19 and a third innings. Zach Plesak has gone without giving up a run. And when the inning started, he had nine, his last nine total innings without surrendering a hit. So, uh, so this game's going to have a lot of things peppered into it, uh, as we're recording, I've, I've, you know the situation. I, I know I'm not supposed to talk about things, but I can't have an effect on a game. Let's be honest about it. If things are going to happen, it's going to happen. If they aren't, they won't. We talked about it on Monday's show, I believe, when I was discussing the craziness that the Indians could be no-hit twice in 31 days, but I will turn 40 this summer, and there's not been a no-hitter in my lifetime. The last Indians no-hitter happening in April or May of uh, 81. I was born the summer of 81. So it has been that long. We will see what happens in this one. Uh, I know there are people out there screaming at me that I ruined everything because uh, I'm just going to assume this goes haywire. I uh, Quick story. I like to go to baseball games, of course, especially see parks I've not seen. And before I moved to Milwaukee, my first game here, uh, you know, they have a beautiful dome and it was just pouring down rain. And we get here, and I'm like, oh, it'll be fun to watch a game with the dome enclosed. It might It's a hot day. It'll kind of be nice if they keep it closed. And then we get there, it stops raining. Uh, kind of a muggy day, muggy feel. I go and I get the most ridiculous food I can find, because that's also what I like to do at a stadium. And I'm sitting there watching uh, the Brewers when they're really bad. And they're facing, I think it was maybe Max Scherzer's first year with the Nationals. I could be wrong with that. But they're facing Scherzer, and... We're seven innings into a perfect game. And I'm like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Uh, Long story short, the perfect game gets ruined when Carlos Gomez hits a home run. 
Uh, only hit, only walk, or only base runner of the game. That's it. There was no walks. There was no anything else. One home run, boom. That that cost me the perfect chance to see a perfect game in uh, person. That was just kind of my story with that. We just finished the sixth inning, if anyone is curious at this point in time. Uh, what has happened in this game for the Indians? Well, this was an exciting game. I talked about it, especially if, more if you're a Mariners fan, because they had two of their young, exciting players called up for this one. Jared Kalanick making his debut and hitting leadoff, playing in uh, left. And then you had Logan Gilbert also making his debut and starting. Uh, not Gilbert's uh, finest hour, let's be honest. He lasts four innings, gives up four runs on five hits, five strikeouts, and a pair of home runs. One to Jose Ramirez and one to Franmil Reyes. So that's 11 for Jose and nine for Franmil. He is still behind Ronald Acuna, but at least entering the day, uh, he had been tied with J.D. Martinez, Mitch Hanger, uh, Otani uh, for the number two spot. So he might be in it all alone. Uh, I didn't watch or cover everyone else's games. But, you know, there's Mitch Hanger, who I talked about earlier this week on the show, about why he could be an interesting potential ad for the Indians and why there's a logic to it with this Seattle team that is scuffling. You can go back and listen to... Uh, Tuesday's show, I believe, is where I kind of got on the whole Mitch Hanger thing. Long story short, he's performing well. He has never been able to stay healthy. He has about a season and a, uh, about two seasons left of control if you're counting this season. And Seattle is a team that is uh, still not quite ascending yet. So there could be a world where the Indians can package some of those players who are going to be Rule 5 eligible and maybe bring in someone like Hanger. Uh, now, to get back into the game, uh, who has reached base multiple times? Let's do our typical talk when I dive into a game. Normally, they're over. Well, right now, we are through. We're in the top of the seventh, as I'm recording, and the Indians have no walks. This is not a team that walks a lot this year. It's one of those things I'm definitely taking from uh, them. There's a lot of times we're talking about low or no walks. It makes me feel like Carlos Santana was at least half of their walk rate a year ago. No one has two hits. No one has reached base twice. They do have their... They've only had the five hits. Oof, that was an ugly swing by Bowers on his strikeout. He does have a hit in this one, but uh, that was not a good swing there in the seventh. The third pitcher is uh, up for Seattle in this one. You know, uh, Stecken Ryder had uh, two perfect innings, and it, since Gilbert's gone out, the Indians haven't made... Oh, I mean, that ball hit the plate, and Bowers is swinging uh that's just oof that's one of the uglier swings i think i've seen all year it looked bad and they did the replay and looked even worse so it's a game in progress that was a high one uh we'll see how it goes we'll continue with our updates uh of course because of the no hit situation that's going on i i don't believe in jinxes i just i don't uh i'm gonna keep the game on next to the screen as i record this so we'll continue to do a little bit of play-by-play -play as the game is going on. Uh, what is Plesak's line? And now we're through the seventh. Uh, so far, six innings. Zero hits, of course. Just three walks. Two strikeouts. A little bit low on the strikeouts for him. Uh, in terms of the scoring, you had the Reyes home run in the second. Bowers single scored Naylor. And Jose Ramirez had a two-run shot with Ahmed Rosario on. The hits belong to those players. Basically everyone who has reached base via hit almost has scored uh, with or one exception so far with amongst those five hits. Uh, 
would be what? Uh, because they only have four runs. So there's clearly someone who did. Oh, well, because Bowers didn't score. He knocked in a run, but he did not score. All the other players who had a hit actually reached base. So even the all five times they've reached base, five hits, no walks, they've all contributed to runs. Either that player later scored or the hit scored a run. Uh, that is unusual that there is nothing extra going on. I have cats hissing in the background, so I apologize about that. Fun times. But yeah, that's kind of where we are in this one. Like I said, we are through seven as I'm recording. We'll see what happens uh, as we get deeper into this one. Uh, we'll take a quick break, come back, talk about the Saturday-Sunday games, dive into those starters. And I also want to talk about the, uh, the, the Indians got some blowback, probably rightfully so, on social media about their announcement of the Cleveland Indians fan club. Uh, so we'll talk about that as well today. I think it is only fair when we're talking a podcast about the Cleveland Indians to talk about an announcement the team made. Our first sponsor is Bet Online. So let's go to Bet Online and check out the line for tomorrow's Indians game against Seattle. Now, when I look at the matchup here, when I see that it is supposed to be Flexen versus Savali, I'm thinking the Flexen's getting a run and a half. But let's find out. Let's see if I'm starting to figure this out. Remember, I knew nothing at all about sports gambling and lines and the such before I, we got a sponsor out of Bet Online. Uh, I'm slowly but surely learning things. And I'm right, Flexen, run and a half. He is the, the pitcher in this one who is getting that extra uh, run. The Plus 130 for the Indians, negative 150 for Seattle. Money line, negative 123 Indians, plus 113 for Seattle. Over-under is on eight runs, plus 110. So they're actually favoring that, that there'll be more than that many runs, which is interesting because Zavali has pitched well and Flexen has actually pitched well. I think of all the things in this, I'd be most tempted to take the under for tomorrow's game. We have the little box on the side that tells us we have a potential... Uh, no, that means there are prop markets are not available in that one, sadly. But if this interests you at all, remember to go to betonline.ag today. You use the promo code locked on to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. So you go, you put in your money, and you're getting 50% more. That's all. You can then use that on some chances. Like I said, I feel pretty good about tomorrow's game, so you probably actually want to bet against me because that has been my luck so far with a lot of those things i'm learning about you're learning about it go learn about it and go to betonline.ag today remember that promo code is locked on so let's continue on as i mentioned we'll talk about the pitching matchups for saturday and sunday i already talked about uh flexing for uh tomorrow's matchup let's talk some justice sheffield and yusuke kikichi kick you know it's my pronunciation is terrible and it's going to be especially terrible when it's someone whose name is a language I don't have a ton of familiarity with. That's just the honest goodness truth. Justice Sheffield. Now, I talked about the humor that Seattle has Justice Sheffield and Sam Haggerty, and the Indians traded Sam Haggerty for Kevin Plowecki to the Mets, and then he went from the Mets to the Mariners. The Indians traded Justice Sheffield for Andrew Miller to the Yankees, and then he went from New York to Seattle. They had a pair of former Indians uh, in those spots. So Sheffield, it feels like he's been around forever. He was the same draft class as Tristan McKenzie. I want to say he was the higher pick in that class. Uh, of course, Brady Aiken, if I'm right, in the 2014 draft was the highest pick of that grouping. Uh, and then Juan Hillman was the next 
guy up, right? Is that, or am I confusing my draft? And the long and short story is I am. So Sheffield was the 2014 draft. That is the Bradley Zimmer draft. So it goes Zimmer, Sheffield, Pappy. Uh, Mike Pappy was released a year ago. Bradley Zimmer struggled to make an impact. Yeah, uh, 2015, they also had a series of high picks. And that is the Aiken, McKenzie, Hillman were the first three players they drafted. Now, unfortunately, uh, all they have really is McKenzie from that grouping who's been able to do anything. But yeah, uh, those are the two classes I was confusing in my mind. Uh, we are now through seven. Still a no-hitter. I know. Get Continue to get mad at me for saying that. But Sheffield was essentially the year before. I mean, not essentially. He was. He was drafted a year before McKenzie. And, you know, he debuted in the big leagues back in 2018 with New York. Only two innings that year. Gets traded for Paxton in a deal that really didn't work out for the Yankees as Paxton just couldn't stay healthy. And for Seattle, he's just never been able to step up. Now, he was good. He was a solid arm in the 2020 season. That's essentially, I don't know if it's fair to say he hasn't stepped up when, I mean, that's the only time he's had 10 or more starts. Uh, the year before, he just wasn't effective enough to do that. And so far this year, he has not been uh, as good as he was during that shortened season. So he's still kind of working to get that groove in. He was an interesting player with the Indians because he was that guy who was more of a low 90s control specialist, undersized. I mean, like six foot. Maybe he's listed six foot one some places now, I feel like. He was that guy that felt like he was barely six feet tall. Uh, no, see, and that's why he's listed at 5'10". So he's even smaller than I thought off the top of my head. And that's why I was like, he felt barely six feet. because he, you know, when you see a listing of six feet, you always know that the player isn't. No one in baseball is six feet tall. If they're, they're six feet, uh, they're probably smaller because they're bumping their height up. So 5'10", he was an undersized guy. Just anything under six feet is undersized. And then he, his velocity jumped after that trade and was all of a sudden like high 90s. But then his control went away and it's been... A process for him. Uh, but again, he came in and performed really well in that strike, strike, not strike, what am I saying, in the COVID shortened season. I think I'm thinking about next season when I'm talking strike shortened. Oh, is that a joke I'm allowed to make? Uh, so let's talk about his career splits. So for Sheffield, going down to those advanced splits, uh, his FIP is, now what's interesting is bat pip against righties is significantly higher. Against lefties, it's more close to average. Uh, K percentage is almost identical. So he's striking out guys. So the, the right-handed rate is a bit higher. The overall percentage is lower. He does walk more. And that's, I mean, essentially guys have been a little bit more lucky if they're right-handed against him. And they walk a little bit more. But he's been pretty effective against both sides. I mean, he is definitely better when you look at his FIP against righties and lefties, which is not necessarily what you'd expect. And his X FIP has that as well. And, you know, and I especially wouldn't think that with the right-handed bat pip being as high as it is, which is 355. So that's interesting. Uh, not the splits you would expect for him. Uh, it's been, you know, limited innings, over a lot of years, like his total innings in the big leagues are in the 120s. So it's also not the biggest sample size. Uh, I think you just put your best hitters out and don't worry about the rest with him uh, as of this point in time. He's not someone who is just dominating either side. So you're not really concerned about protect like an Ahmed Rosario type of situation where, you know, sometimes you might want to protect him as the young player. Uh, now he would 
play uh, against uh, Sheffield, but it's not he's not uh, against Sheffield. You're not worried about protecting a young guy. You're just going to send out your best possible lineup. Now, in terms of uh, with with uh, Kikuchi Kikuchi uh, pronunciation always my bane. He has, again, not a ton, a little over 200 innings. And then for his career, the I mean, he's not as good against righties. He's been better against lefties, which, yeah, he's another lefty. Uh, this shouldn't be a surprise. Home run rate's not great uh, in general against either. And pitching in Seattle, which is a bit more of a home run friendly park, that stands out. Uh, strikeout rates. Strikes out lefties a little over eight, righties a little over seven, so that's not great. Walk rates are generally okay at two six and three oh five. I would say just looking at the numbers, you want to get more righties in there, uh, which plays into the Indians' hand and in favor. I think there's enough of him being slightly worse in all categories to make that something that would pay off. So yeah, I, when I look at his numbers, that is what I'm thinking. I think against Sheffield, it doesn't really matter as much based on what we've seen. And again, the Indians should match up better against a lefty. I said that about Wade Miley last week, so who knows? I sometimes don't know what I'm talking about, it feels like. Uh, I, I saw I had a, a new uh, iTunes review, and I want to appreciate the person who complained that I can uh, sometimes be, I guess, not congratulate when I think the person. Sometimes I can be annoying about lineup construction, uh, but that my draft stuff is good. So thank you for um, enjoying my draft stuff, uh, even if what I'm about to do next will annoy you. Uh, why is Eddie Rosario still hitting fourth? <laughs> can can someone take a moment and explain that to me? Like, Of all the players right now who are maybe struggling the most on this team, it's Andres Jimenez, then it's Eddie Rosario. And again, I'm okay with Rosario. Like, I'm not saying drop him out or bench him. He has been such a good hitter for his career. You're hoping he's going to, you know, balance out and be that guy. Now, he is an up-and-down player. That has always been his game. It's part of the reason why the Twins moved on from him. But just don't have him batting fourth. Put him sixth. Uh, Franmil and Naylor should both be hitting ahead of him. Like, just do that little shift. Do me that one favor, Tito. That one little shift. That is what I'd like to see. That is right now my one tweaking, and I'm sorry to that person who said that... Uh, they get annoyed with the lineup stuff, but I, I, that's a part of the podcast. Tell me what you think. How would you affect or change this lineup to better help the Indians find success? Let's take a second and talk about Built Bar. I, I need to re-up. I really need to reorder with them. I love Built Bar. I love all their products. I'm waiting. Come on, Built Bar. Give us something new. Give us something fresh. I love the mixed flavors. I love that box. I do miss the banana. That has been my recent rant on here about Built Bar. I'd love to see the banana flavors return. I just like bananas in general, but... Everything's good there. If you haven't tried it out right now, like the Built Bar Broths and the Built Bar Boosts are both on sale. Uh, I'm hoping for Return of the Puffs. There's so many good things. If you have not tried it again, mixed fl- uh, mixed box, find what you like. Everyone loves this product who tries it. I feel like at least 20% of their orders come from the Lockdown Network because they gave us a sample and now we all buy. BuiltBar.com. Remember to use the promo code LOCKDOWN15 to get 15% off your order. That's what I get as a returning customer as well. So it is a fantastic deal. Check it out for yourself. So we're now into the eighth as I'm recording. Uh, the Indians got another hit, but then uh, Cesar Hernandez got picked off. So 
uh, that extra hit didn't really turn into much, but that means, ooh, that was a high one, uh, that uh, they did get a sixth hit across in this one. So let's talk about the fan club. Uh, if you missed the fan club announcement, it was it was almost universally panned. I did not see, I, matter of fact, I mean, it was early in the day. I did not check back, but I did not see anyone uh, who was happy. I did not see one person going, I can't wait. So to become a part of the new 2021 Indians fan club presented by Dollar Bank, memberships are $120, and that's because the Indians have been around for 120 years. What does your $120 get you? And this is what annoyed people. No hitter is over. Uh, side note, <laughs> here we are uh, in the eighth. Uh, that uh, I know people might blame me because I, I didn't respect the rules. But uh, yeah, I mean, they just, he hit it up the middle. That's that's the end of it. Uh, it was a valiant effort for the Zach Plesak, who still pitched really well. J.P. Crawford, who has struggled throughout the year, just happened to get the better of him uh, in this setting and situation. Uh, I mean, J.P. Crawford's slash line is 254, 314, 317. So do your quick math. That is a 631 OPS. So he is struggling. Great athlete, good defender. Tip your cap. Uh, still. No, I thought for a second they were going to get a double play there. They keep him facing. Well, he's not facing the minimum because he had three walks earlier. It's going to be hard to throw a no-hitter when you have two strikeouts. Let's, let's be honest. To get a no-hitter, you need less contact. You need more strikeouts. Uh, I would be curious, and maybe I'll... Ooh, interesting that basically on that play, they might have had a double play if Plesak doesn't try to backhand it. But I wonder if Plesak had managed a no-hitter if... What is the lowest amount of strikeouts? I, I feel like he would have had a chance if he didn't strike anyone else out. Because, uh, again, how do you get a no-hitter? You keep players from getting hits. How do you keep players from getting hits? You keep them from making contact. More strikeouts, less contact. I think it. You know, this is a pretty straightforward uh, situation here. Uh, so, unfortunate. It would have been fun to see. It would have been fun to talk about. But still, seven innings. He's at, you know, one hit, three walks, two strikeouts, which I've been harping on. I'm just trying to see his, uh, how many pitches, 84 pitches so far. So a chance for him to, you know, I mean, chance he could finish this one out. We'll have to see if he does get that opportunity. But let's talk about the fan club and why this was uh, pretty divisive. So what do you get for sure? You get a hat, a gray sea hat. You get a Cleveland Indians mask. Uh, you get a a cozy, which says Cleveland Indians Fan Club. Get a face covering with the C on it. You get a clear water bottle with a C and like a baseball, and a welcome postcard. N- now there's more to this. You get so that's what you get for free. That is what you get. That is what well not for free because you're paying 120 bucks. But those are the items you get. You also get a one year subscription to MLB Audio stream the tribe on your mobile device or computer. Now I have that through my MLB TV. I am curious if you get that, is that something that can be blocked out or not? Is that something that is, I feel like maybe that may not be blackout restricted. And that's part of the reason they did it because otherwise like MLB TV, if you're an Indians fan, doesn't have a ton of value if you were living in near Cleveland for the rest of the deals in here, because you'd never be able to use it because of blackout restrictions. So back, what else do you get? 
uh, you get two buy one, get one ticket offers anywhere in the upper deck, mezzanine, or bleachers for any game throughout the season. So you're not getting a free ticket, but you're getting buy one, get one ticket, which, you know, for a family, that's a good deal. But again, you're paying 120 bucks and you're not getting one ticket free. You have to buy one. You have to go and spend more money. Uh, you get four one time. Oof, and there is a home run to the upper deck uh, by Dylan Moore. Not the home run threat. Uh, that I'm curious if that is Dylan Moore's first of the year. He is not uh, known for his prodigious power. No, he's got three. So I, maybe I'm being a little unfair, but yeah. So it's now a 4-2 game. Uh, I would please exit 88 pitches. I doubt he is. Uh, this could seventh inning could essentially, or no, what am I saying? We're in the eighth. Uh, the eighth will definitely be his last inning here. Going back to this. So four one-time 50% off all beef hot dog or classic dog. So you get four coupons for half off a hot dog. Four... $2 off Pepsi products, two 50% off soft pretzels, two 50% off peanuts, and one $25 off a Nike replica jersey at the Progressive Field Team Shop. So you're getting a box of coupons, a hat, a mask, a water bottle, and a cozy for $120. I just, ooh, I mean, like, how much, when you look at, let's just, Look at it straight this way. How much would it cost you to buy four tickets to the upper deck, right? Uh, or the bleachers. So if you go like kind of mid-range, it's about 32. So you're looking at for four, 64, 128. So you're getting $64 of value there. Then the question becomes is, I don't know if this box, even if you like max it out, is worth 120 bucks is kind of what I'm getting at. Uh between the tickets, I mean, I guess the MLB audio, I don't know what that costs now. I know when I lived in New York, it was like, I would get that. I preferred to listen to the games um, back when it was um, Hamilton and Hegan. And that was like 20 bucks. I don't know if that's changed. And I guess if you, you know, really want to get that jersey and you're getting the $25 off, that that's, you know, that plus the audio plus the tickets get you pretty close. And then you add in the hat and, and you get there, but... It's not, it's not that strong deal. You're, you're sitting there and marketing this and you want something that's going to get people excited. Whereas it just, it felt like another stumble. It felt like another way that, that, you know, they unintentionally antagonize their fan base, much like, you know, every statement that Dolan makes or through just having the second lowest payroll in baseball, in spite of having, you know, an MVP, and a Cy Young candidate, and all these waves of talent, and just not being able to supplement it. I mean, this just, I, I can't see, where where is the deal in this? Where is the reason you really want to go out and do this uh, for sure? It's like, if you live in Cleveland, don't you have a radio? Like, is MLB audio really better in your radio? Is it worth that different cost? Because uh, if you go for the higher end tickets in the, the mezzanine, you could save 72 bucks there. I mean, a hat is the cost of a hat. Masks just in time for the CDC to say, if you're vaccinated, hey, you don't have to wear them. Uh, water bottle looks nice. Uh, the cozy is fine. I've just never been someone who uses them. And then popcorn, not even popcorn, peanuts, pretzel, hot dog. I mean, 
maybe it'd be nice if it was like, hey, here's a voucher for a free ice cream at, uh, at you know, the Grandma Moses, right? Is that the, the fancier place there? Uh, you know, if it was something like that, if it was something where you're actually getting a food item there instead of just getting a discount, this just did not feel fully thought out. Again, I didn't see one person have a negative reaction or have a, I didn't see one person have a positive reaction. Again, this is Twitter where it is 99% negative, uh, uh, maybe even as high as 99.9% negative. But let me know, is there anyone out there who listens who saw this and thought, oh, I'm going to do it? Is there anyone out there who saw this and, and got any excitement at all? I'm just, or were you seeing this and going like most people, like really pay 120 bucks and I don't even get a, a seat? I don't even get a ticket? Uh, instead of a buy one, get one free, how about like one free ticket and one buy one, get one free? Like something like that to help balance it. Um because then they're going to, if it's someone who's going to go with a family, like that it gives them a similar value, but at least they're getting a free ticket. Something as small as that, or saying like, here's two free tickets uh, in there. And again, it's not free, but someone's paying 120 bucks. It's like, okay, so you get two tickets and all this other stuff. Like, I think that changes the whole look of this instead of people being like, I'm going to spend 120 bucks and I don't get a ticket. I get a bunch of coupons to buy concessions that are already going to be overpriced because I'm at the stadium a lot of okay items and an audio stream. I, I've got a car with a radio. I don't necessarily need an audio stream. Again, I'm just kind of curious if other people feel that uh, this is something that uh, just felt a little tone deaf or if I'm just completely out of right field here and what I saw was just Twitter being a bunch of uh, hate monsters, which is what Twitter excels best at being. That's why... Uh, I have not been on there as much of late. I do appreciate my interactions with the Lockdown Indians crowd on there because, let's be honest, in general, you guys and gals are fantastic. I've had no issues. Uh, outside of one person who made the personal attacks on the iTunes, which I still don't get, but everyone else has been fantastic. I love this audience. I love the people. I love the interactions. I want to thank everyone out there for listening, downloading daily, leaving a review. That helps the show so much. Next week, I will talk more draft. Uh, we're going to dive into it. It's, again, if you're listening to this on Friday morning, the college baseball season is basically done. I think this weekend is the final homestand for most teams. If you can go see Kent, if you can go see Ohio, if you can go, Sam Bachman is 11th in my draft rankings. He has a 75-grade fastball. could be an 80-grade fastball and a 60-70-grade to 70 grade slide. Like, if he wasn't, if he was bigger and I had more confidence in that third pitch, like he'd be top five easy for me. He's a truly special pitcher. The other side of things, like OU, it's got Joe Rock, a six foot six lefty who can bring it in the mid 90s. Albright at Kent State's going to go probably on the first day of the draft as well. Uh, Ball State's got a pitcher who's going to go on probably in the third or fourth round. Like, go check out baseball. These college teams, it's your last opportunity. You might be able to see small group, small crowd. Uh, some players that are going to play in the big league someday at a really good price. Go support your local colleges. Baseball teams always need support. So that's kind of one last push here at the end of the show. Uh, I'm exiting. It is the ninth inning. Eric Swanson is in to pitch. I'm assuming uh, with all the hugs that Plesak is probably done, we'll see Class A in the ninth. Hopefully this will be a 4-2 win for the Indians. Uh, it was a very exciting game. Thank you again all for who listen, download, and the rest. Hit me up on Twitter. Send me some questions. We need to do a mailbag soon. Or just let me know what direction you'd like to see the show go with. 
Again, I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Locked on Eans podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Jeff MLB Draft. For the next year, maybe two, go Tribe.